Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio, with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello everybody and welcome to the latest Anfield Index Under Pressure podcast, the first trophy winning podcast of the season with me to talk through a fantastic moment in Liverpool's season. I've got the full A-team. I've got Sai, I've got Hamza, and I've got Dr. Bartz. So how are we all feeling, boys, the morning after the night before? I'll quickly get in. It was a great time. It's phenomenal. I'm the one that cares least about the Cups, but only until you get to the final... And on the yeah. you want to win that bloody do you want to win that day? You already you already cost yourself what you cost yourself. You might as well bloody win. And it's Chelsea. Who doesn't ha- hate those filthy dogs? Uh, I loved it, Darth. As you know, my neighbour is a Chelsea fan, so I was I took particular pleasure of going and taking his Chelsea flag down off his house. So uh, there you go. <laughs> oh, I think, uh, did you finish that, work in time? Uh I missed the first fifteen minutes because of the uh, presses at the Wolves match, but um Got to watch the rest, but yeah, yeah. I think Simon's sort of um, enthusiasm speaks for, it, for itself. Yeah. Jimmy absolutely hates cups, <laughs> and he's smiling. Absolutely, uh, yes, I can confirm. But, Simon is smiling. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is a. Excuse me, sorry. This is a, a big one. Yeah, absolutely. But anyway, um, before we go into the matches, we're going to cover Luton briefly, relatively briefly as well. But before we do that, we do have to talk once more 
at the start of the pod about the fitness situation, injuries and new injuries, unfortunately. But I just also want to say thanks to Bart and Sai for doing such a fantastic job on the last week's pod when we, when we disc- you know, after a Brentford and such a really spookily accurate, I would say, diagnoses and prognoses, guys. So well done. That was really good stuff. I can, I can. You must be experts. So who knew? I can only say thank you and pretend I remember. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear me! Guess to an age. I'm, you're even a bit older than me. They guess to an age where where it's like I have this book in my brain and there's one empty white page every day. I can fill it in and then there's just one empty page left. So the next day, I have to rub it out and then fill it in again. And and like, I don't remember, it doesn't get stored. All the rest of it is just there. It's so weird. The bit you got to worry about is when all the previous pages start getting ripped out and shredded and you can't remember that there. Anyway, <laughs> no, not yet. Not yet. Hopefully. Not yet. Right, right. right. But, okay, let's start with those new injuries. Um, Ryan Gravenberch and Endo, both done by Moises Casido, the dirty twat. Um, Sai, what do we know about them? Uh, I don't think Endo's particularly injured. I think he was just he was wearing a light boot. Um uh there was some Twitter debate about what it really means. Um from non experts, I'm gonna say that was yeah. yeah. Yeah, um, but sometimes people have just had experiences and yes. they're just sharing their experiences and they're valid. Um it, it doesn't mean to say that they know exactly the diagnosis or the prognosis, but it's just in their experience, they've experienced this thing and it's similar. Um it was and- like when Gags um when Hendo had his plantar fasciitis and Gag said, Oh, I have had that and talked about his experience with it and stuff. Yeah, exactly. Having to change his trainers. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about Hendo's plantar fasciitis. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Uh so Endo, you think is what, hopefully gonna be nothing? Uh, I think it's just yeah. I, it's is. It's just a kick in it. I think it's just a kick at the end of the game, right? I think he was just fried. So, a little insight to members of the paying public, uh, the people that don't get to go to games. I'm sure uh, Hamza will see this now uh, when he's around dugouts and and uh, tunnels. That uh, if the 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 28 players or 30 players that come off the pitch it's very, very likely that 15 of them have some kind of bruise or some kind of knock that they're limping into the ch- into the changing rooms with. Yeah. Um, and that's just going to be exacerbated by playing 132 minutes of... 134 yeah. minutes of football and yeah. going up and down the stairs and all that stuff uh, in, in the heightened state of arousal that they're in, the, the adrenaline flowing. Um, if you watch at the end of the game, the celebration, which was amazing... Um, that Graf was walking, Graf couldn't walk with. Um, mm. Neither could Harvey, to be fair. Yeah. They were, they were, they were, I think, it's just, I think it's so great with wrong, but it's that, at that type of level, given the situation we're in is now as well, I think we're doing anything we can to mitigate, try and reduce that, any inflammation, any little knots, we try and do anything to can try and mitigate future impacts of that. Then mm. has got a little knot there, just whacked him in that as a bit of a precaution, try and help with with swelling anything to get him ready to get him sorted quicker than he could have been. Right. Yeah, if, it, if it wasn't 120 minutes, he probably walks off. But I think it's the fact that it's a it's a full game. He's a barely walking. Let's just get deload it a little bit and and help him with the recovery so, straight away. And that's so hopefully hopefully the hopefully the very worst case is a minor bruise on his on his foot. Yeah. Where he, I yeah. Don't, 
I don't know whether I had a, did, has he got a, was it an air one was it an ice one I didn't see the exact boot if it was it, uh, it was an air boot was it air right because some yeah, of them come with like you can get you can get like ice put for them so well cool coolant for them which which helps even more if it's just air then it, that's even more says to me it's just a knock they're just trying to speed just up to the com- recovery just, just to compress it is it that yeah, yeah 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 just okay. trying to alleviate Okay. Uh, and the other one, uh, by the way, I've been told to call him Moises Chrysido for this, by the way. Um, but <laughs> it was my popular demand. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. Um, the, um, the Ryan Grabovich one, um, I thought, I mean, did that ref, I mean, it was in the first 20 minutes, wasn't it? But that ref, I mean, that was borderline red, I thought. Yeah. I, well, I, I, I thought, given that he, that was about his third foul. I thought it was very fortunate not to already be on a booking. Yeah. And then that would have been a red. I'm, yeah. I'm not sure. I think that might have been, I'm not saying it's an orange card. I'm not sure it's a full mm. red. I'm not sure it's a full. It's it would have been a blue yeah. one maybe in the new yeah. yeah. But the, the, the problem I had with that whole situation was he's already kicked two of our players in the first yeah. five, 10 minutes and they, they were yellows. And then he comes over and takes grab out of the game. Yeah. Now, whether you're saying it's accidental or not, it's kind of immaterial. The, the guy's out of the game because of he's 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 rolled his ankle because of the force from Casino. Mm. Um, so, yeah, <clears> I, <throat> I I don't think that was a definite red for, for the challenge, but it should have been in, in the context of that first fifteen minutes. But clearly, so, he was fired up, and he went his um, Casino's foot went fully on top of Graben Birch's with his full full, and he was extended, and he, there was force coming into his foot, and he was right on the top of it. Was it the top, just the foot, or was it the ankle as well, Bart?s What did you see? I thought it was um, in the shaft, if you like, just uh, just above ankle joint, uh, from the side, pushing force through, calling um, uh, what do I know, ankle sprain, not a high sprain, but it was. It looked like he forced him to roll his ankle. If it had been any more force, I think grab didn't grab move his leg at last minute or something like that, which prevented it from being completely fixed. Yeah, it wasn't planted. He, he it wasn't planted, left. which you could have said any more force could have saved him a potentially fractured ankle. But right, I think okay. for me, so that's that's a serious sprain for me. I wouldn't like to say prognosis, but given he went off on a stretcher and he was already in crutches by half time, yeah, doesn't suggest to me that's a. So, um, do you think in sprained ligaments, like Jones, but lower down? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't say it was high sprain. Uh, I would have said normal ankle sprain because the the motion is like a is a is a roll if you like under extreme force, but instead of sprain, um, prognosis for me is yeah, I, I wouldn't suggest he's going to be back till after Did, international break. Yeah. So yeah, another one for the end of March then. Yeah, yay. Um, sorry. Yeah, um, no. So I, I'm, I'm a little bit more uh, positive about that. I think the way he was walking after the game, even full of a, full of adrenaline, he was he was really bad at using crutches. Uh, so he. <laughs> he didn't put his True. crutches down to offset the weight, which is the True. reason they exist. He was literally walking up and then downstairs, yeah. putting his full weight on his on his boot. Um, he is not doing that if he's got any significant uh, ankle sprain. Yeah, it's yeah. definitely no break. Um, yeah, it's no break. I, I'll be I'll be amazed if it's anything beyond a one. I wouldn't be surprised. Everybody has these in their team. Um, uh, let's say he got scared by the initial pain and the initial. It, don't don't get me wrong. Studs on bone on the top of your foot really fucking hurt. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. I think it's that 
more than anything else. I don't, I don't, I'm not sure there is even much ankle ligament damage because he just wouldn't be able to walk around like he was. Yeah. No limp. You look at CJ getting barged out of the way and almost having his ankle broken by Darwin because um, <laughs> he couldn't move at that time. And yeah, yeah the, uh, and that was a week ago. And you don't have that from uh, in the game from Grav. So I, I think Grav will be fine. Okay, good. Good stuff. Um, right. Now, the other one was our three absentees, big players, all the muscular ones, was Mo Salah, Darwin Nunes, and Dominic Zaboslai. And none of them made the bench. Um, Dom apparently revealed to uh, his Hungarian sources that apparently he'd been, he had stand-up rounds with the doctors about this. He wanted to play. As you always say, players want to play all the time, especially in finals. So the question is, Sai, none of them came on at all because they didn't play at all against Chelsea in an ideal world how do you manage those three players from this position because we've got two we're two games a week now until the international break and then we're two games a week from the international break pretty much for the rest of the season um they one of them's going to play tomorrow I'd imagine or Wednesday whenever it is um that I'm, I, I have no idea at their current loading status who's been in full time training yet because they've kept it really, really quiet. Klopp deliberately kept uh, everybody at the training ground. So the three preceding training sessions where uh, Zobo, Darwin, or Mo might have come back for, no one talked about. No one knows who. Did they have the privacy screen up? Did they the whole time? Yeah, yeah. the whole thing. Yeah. yeah, and and they weren't they weren't releasing photos of of trainer or anything, so nobody could. So Chelsea couldn't prepare around having having those lads available. Yeah. Or not. So we don't know if they were available if they were in training or not. My guess is at some point having the most we've played more minutes this season at game week twenty eight than at any time in Klopp's tenure. Because the games are longer, games are longer, but but like that, we're two thousand minutes more than any other other, and we're seven thousand more than some. There's a lot of games, yeah, um, and we've got a lot of internationals in our team. So just just if you add up all of the minutes all of our players have played at this point of the season, it's a lot compared to previous seasons. So I think maybe he's gone okay. I know we've got lots of impact injuries recently, but if you look at our, our five, five or six world class players, and I'm putting Darwin right close, uh, close in there. He's, you know, you you want him in your team desperately. So we've got Thiago, you've got Mo Salah, you've got um, Trent. Yeah, we've got Trent in there, but Ali Dom. is who yeah. I was going with. Yeah, Ali, and yeah. Zobo. So take Trent out. You've got five hamstrings. Then yeah. you've got uh, an LCL, which is non-contact as well. Um, so we've got six fatigue-related non-contact injuries. You've got some that are contact injuries, but not all. But lots of people get kicked without getting, mm. and they get straight back up. Like it's not like fatigue doesn't play any role in those things either. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe we'll maybe we've we we made a pragmatic choice finally which was an interesting time to to do it but the gamble paid off we've been gambling all over the place right now and and maybe we're still all in all our chips in on winning all of the competitions hmm. yeah I'd, I'd agree with that i think they they did the media really well pre the final they only released uh indoor training shots so you saw the gym work there was no outdoor shots from wednesday onwards 
So that's kind of their keeping got vibe. I I would suspect we don't know. I think that size right. They've kept them back because after the high of Luton, that's that's a pretty big motivational group there. You mm. think about how you manage that that group. They've just done that for you in the second half against Luton. You can get them prepped. You can get them ready to go to go again at the weekend for a cup final. Big motivation. And then you, the, the the risk is that it doesn't pay off when we lose the cup final. But the reward is those three return for Forest mm. and City. Yeah. So the 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 risk was that it would it would blow up in his face at the weekend, and he couldn't. But he backed himself as a human being and a fantastic man manager to get that group of lads that he'd motivated on a, on a Wednesday night against Luton one 0 down at half time to go and do it again at the weekend to win the cup. And then he's going to ride that now because he's got three big boys potentially coming back ready for the two big, important league games for the break. That's not yeah. a bad gamble to make. Yeah. Um, do you think then we might see all three players for 60 minutes from the start against Knott's Forest? No. No? No, no I think we might see one. Okay. And the other one maybe come on as a sub, the other two comes on as subs? Or... I, I, I think we might get we might get one that plays 50-something and then... Um, and then maybe Darwin and Mo swap and mm. Zobo will come on for 30 probably at the end. Okay. Again, do you think we'll see any of them against Southampton? Yes. Wow. Okay. I don't, okay. Think, they'll, I don't think they'll risk Darwin against Southampton, but pers- me personally. Okay. I, I, I would absolutely... I. You wouldn't play them. We've had our cup fun. We've had our cup fun. The yeah. implications of this are like they are very real. If we win this game, yeah, yeah, against Forest, yeah, absolutely. No, he's, yeah. uh, he's talking about Saints. No, against Saints, I'm talking so if get, yeah, the ramifications of winning against Southampton, the extra yeah, games we're going to get because the Everton of it, game and gets how moved. that condenses yeah, yeah. the yeah. schedule. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I think. Everybody knows how tight our squad is now and the injuries we've every season, the rate of injury from week 25 increases the number of injuries per week on average, every season across Klopp's tenure. And um, we currently, this is the first season in his history that at game week 28, we've had 200 injuries or more. Wow. Twice. Yeah. So every other season we've had, we've, the, we've had once 200 in the horrendous season, but all around there, it was a hundred, a hundred and something low hundreds. And this season we've, we're off the back of 260 at this point last year, newer squad got rid of a, a whole bunch of grocks, but we're already at 216. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Most of those is just Tiago to be fair, but there you go. That's a different story. Tiago anyway. and then Doug. Yeah, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Um, the other one is on is fatigue index site. Um, you posted in the, the chat this morning, and your quote was, "It's like a war zone." So, how would you, if you are a sports scientist at LFC right now, and you're looking at the loading on the players, what are you what are you thinking? I'm thinking, how do we mitigate this? One, the I've done a whole podcast about this, by the way, with one yeah. of the England S and Cs that got released today. Um, that the one you mitigate it by reducing training load. But we're playing two games a week, so there's no training to mitigate. Yeah. Um, so all you can do is at this point, you can just stick your fingers in a plug socket and sit and hope for the best. Play lots of teenagers. 
Well, you can't because you're going to win. Yeah. That's when you do it early in the season. Yeah. When we're, we're in, in shitty cops. At this point, you can't play the kids because you're trying to win every you know, game. Well, I mean, I think, I think there might be quite a few teenagers against Southampton. I think we might see a lot of these lads again. We should, yeah. we should say anyway. It's only a couple yeah. of days to go. The only problem you got there, Darth, is that they, it's not a domino effect per se, but not having like not having Dom in the rotation option means you've had to mm. increase load on other players that aren't yeah. quite ready. So therefore, things have happened. Well, now we've right? potentially got three three midfielders out of the, the six now in the rotation. Right. Now. Okay, so we need to at some point go no, mm. just play a set of kids against Saints, but. Uh, it's, yeah. there, there'll be motivations in there. As I said, they want to win the game. It's at home. It's yeah. last season. Yeah, going to be difficult to manage. Yeah, I mean, you test, you're testing even the cyborgs now. You're testing Elliot and and and, and um, Endo. I mean, you know, how many how many more times can you play them without them? Yeah, and he, he referenced guys. he referenced Harvey in the post match presser. Yeah, so. I wouldn't be well. Yeah, maybe he. I mean, Harvey out. doesn't have an injury history. That's what that's one of his no. biggest strengths, right? His availability is excellent. It, it is. I mean, it might be something to do with the speed he can run at, but I mean, that's been a bit harsh on that. But you know, <laughs> but it's, it's also it's also to do with the amount of games he's played relative. Yeah. Like he's had one big season. This season is is his second biggest of his career, and he's he's basically two thousand five hundred minutes. So yeah. he's gonna he's gonna get past the full season's worth of of minutes this season for sure. As what fifth, sixth, seventh choice midfielder. Mm. Yeah, and it, it, you compare him to Michael Owen at the same age, right? Who's another teenage prodigy coming through. The minutes are incomparable, right? Fowler, incomparable minutes. So Harvey's yeah, sort of but, build that up over a two of time, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, so I'm I'm not worried about Harvey. Just no. yeah, I'm, uh, Harvey could break because anybody can break when they're having to have played. Uh, he's played 200 minutes this week. Yeah, <laughs> he's also played. He's also played game after game after game, which is something he's not necessarily in, in done. In five every three. days, he's played 200, 258 minutes. That's bad, yeah. right? Okay, so it's going to be a challenge, right? Now, right in the international break, and we will see what happens with that Everton fixture if it gets moved or not. There you go. Anyway, on to some matches, Hamza. Thanks for being patient, <laughs> but some exciting stuff in these two matches. We out effectively have a new 11 to analyse for these two games, right? I can't remember the last time that happened. How So how did how did those different players with those different skill sets fit into our conventional 4-3-3 system? With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Are you that person who has everything? The coolest merch and those must-have fan threads? Well, over at our Anfield Index shop, we've gone that extra mile when it comes to pimping up your Liverpool collection. From our popular range of bespoke design t-shirts, sweaters, hoodies and hats, to our signature edition mugs, prints and coasters, all provided with fast worldwide shipping. We have something for every red. We also stock official LFC merchandise and are licensed with the Premier League and UEFA to sell official iron-on shirt badges and sleeve patches. As a listener to this podcast, you can get 10% off everything with coupon code 
AI Pro 10. Just head over to AnfieldIndex.shop or find us on Etsy by searching for Anfield Index. Yeah, well, the Chelsea match is interesting because you see a few different things being used in the first period until the, the grab injury and then a few changes afterwards. Like for mm. example, uh, there are a couple of... Well, teams often build up in different shapes during the game just because of how where the ball is on the pitch, how the opposition is set up, how you want to sort of move them around. And that... Chelsea until the grab injury you actually saw uh, a classic 2-3 structure at some point so the one that you'd see two seasons ago from Liverpool uh, two centre-backs end as a six and then both full-backs wide and then you'd also yeah. see at the same time uh, Robertson coming in a bit deeper to create a back three and then Endo and McAllister um, sitting tight together uh, as Bradley pushed on and then later on you saw Bradley moving inside as well so you actually saw a few different build-up shapes um just to, just at the the back end of the pitch so a few different things there um you also got to see different players interpreting roles differently so like Bradley for example uh because of his natural athleticism and his ability to get up and down uh and the way that he likes to play wide and Harvey Elliott for example who was also playing on the right, uh, on the right side but as a initially as a forward and then as a midfielder uh how H- Harvey Elliott likes to play on the inside as a left-footed player uh, who's not as quick uh you saw that nice sort of um dovetailing of attributes so one player mm. goes on the outside one comes inside a bit more sort of classic sort of uh 433 uh 1819 Klopp style football um, but yeah uh, so that was a number of different things you could see taking place what about the, the um, what, what about the, I know in the Luton game as well uh, Hamza as well with the Diaz Gakpo and Elliot from three how did you see the blend of the three players with the role we've always talked about you need the right blend of roles play, you know, playing to suit the roles within the 11 how did you how did you see us across the two games with those with that front three yeah, well, uh, they especially Diaz and Gakpo, they swap around a lot, which is quite cool. Um, you, you see Gakpo moving left, Diaz into the, uh, into the middle, Diaz dropping deep, Gakpo dropping deep. Uh, so it poses a few different questions, especially when the team sits back. Uh, and within the first half of that Luton game, even though it, it felt a bit stickier than it was on first watch compared to rewatch, uh, they move quite nicely. Uh, Interchange quite well, linked with Grav quite well on the left side with Diaz, yeah. uh, and then Mac also was he, he he's one of those players that is everywhere as well, uh, not necessarily getting into the box, but um, everywhere between the boxes, uh, linking play really well. So yeah, I, I thought that worked quite well. Again, but again, it was the same sort of dynamic on the right side. Elliot coming inside, Bradley overlapping, uh, Diaz swapping around a bit uh, yeah. with Gakpo. But yeah. Uh, because in a classic, in a classic four three three, it was more the V at front with Bobby dropping in, and then Salah and Mane with the white, with the width and the pace ahead of him and the penetration. <laughs> did did you did you see how did you see? Because obviously Diaz was the one who was trying to be the most penetrative player. I thought in both games. How did you see Cody and 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 um, Harvey adapting? Uh, yeah, so um, often there were when Liverpool built up deep uh, because Chelsea pressed in a sort of semi-passive way at times uh, there was an opportunity to play the passing behind and it was usually Diaz that would go on to that yeah. uh, but in those moments um, often Gakpo and Elliot would come deep to try and mm. drag their opponent with them to create space uh, there's a few similar moments like that I thought the pressing 
they press quite well together. So I think there's an example in the 14th minute of the Chelsea match where uh, Gakpo is playing at centre forward. He presses to the Chelsea right back Gusto also decides it. Yeah. Uh, and wins the ball from the goalkeeper's pass out. And at that point, well, before he's even won it, Diaz has made the run inside to move into the centre-forward position. Gakpo plays him in, and he gets a shot off eventually. But yeah, um, they were more willing to let Diaz be the player that runs in behind. Hmm. Uh, Gakpo was also offering a bit more of an aerial sort of presence as well, something I think that he's sort of learning how to do a bit more. Yeah, He can test those those balls. I wouldn't say he's necessarily a big aerial sort of threat in the same way that um uh Firmino was but um yeah but yeah he, he he's learning that sort of uh, at the moment yeah but it was exciting exciting stuff always it's always looked to, to analyze um, new, new players with new skill sets isn't it in the in the systems um but um Bart let's before we move on to discuss the Luton match in a little bit more detail give us that match summary for Luton no and that problem. second that second half was was a hell of a stats performance, right? On the stats line. Yeah, a, a bit of a change. I mean, overall picture, if you look at the overall summary, you know, it's 57 versus 42-ish for possession. Um, touches with dominant uh, shots, 29 to 12, with eight off target versus three, uh, 14 on target versus four, uh, one each in the six-yard box. We had 20 in their penalty box and they only had six. Uh, outside the box, nine to six, and big chances six to one. Uh, obviously, the goal is four to one. Uh, XG three point uh, three point three one versus one point zero four. Um, EPV 0.96 for us and point five one for them. So not a massive difference. Conversion though, obviously, is going to be higher for us. We were three hundred forty percent. They were two hundred nine. Um, field tilt was seventy to thirty, which you know, and uh, as a top level, you think okay, that's fairly dominant, but. It's actually not when you start breaking it down by 15s. It's not until you turn to that second half period where we really start to see some dominance. That first half an hour, our possession goes up towards the high 60s um, to their to their lower 30s. Field tilts, which is 100 for 46 to 60, is 100% versus 0%. So it tells you the dominance of that period of time in which we also curated three big chances and two goals. So you start when you start breaking it down on that granular level, you start to see that period, that first half an hour of the half time, we really did um, go up a level. Our APV conversion is up at around 600%. So we are converting threat to XG at a, at a phenomenally high rate. And there's conversely drops through the floor from being uh, equal with us down to about 100, uh, 100%. So yeah, it's, it's that really tells it. And then the good thing I thought I, I quite liked, I always like when we do this, you can see us go back down the gears for the last 15 through to full time. We've got the win. We flip back down and we, the possession goes back to being equal again. The field tilt goes back to being roughly the same. It just all triggers back down. Mm-hmm. And if you look at the passing chains, that's when we start using the longer chain. So we start keeping the ball for 15 plus. Whereas in that, that first 30 after half time, it's variety. Yeah. It's short, short, medium, long and very long when we needed to. Um, just to finish off summary for you, probability 85% for a win for us, not a big shock. Uh, 3-1 was actually the highest probable score at 12%. All right, okay. But yeah, two, two XG and, and four big chances after half time and four XG, to, four big chances to nail. It was just, yeah, it was yeah. a hell of a 
the hand head of the second half. Head of yeah. second half. And the atmosphere was rather good at uh, Anfield as well for this one, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. especially in the second half anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Sai, um, you watched, you were working um, um, for this one. Um, you missed the game live. You watched it back afterwards. Uh, and you weren't particularly bothered about the first half as much as everybody else in the world seemed to be. <laughs> Not at all. As my wife, as my wife explained it, it's just the first half came with frustration. It felt like one of those days, which I don't tend to get. I don't have that. I have that feeling because I, I mostly my brain works that if we're if our process is good, at some point the outcome's going to be good. Yeah. Um, so one of those days would suggest you were getting chances by playing through, and we absolutely were. Um, Luton didn't set up very smartly. It was like it was almost like um, Bournemouth of old. It was a lot of opportunity there, um, yeah. and we were just we were just ripping straight through them, getting we getting one on ones and just missing them. They weren't like a, they weren't like a, a deep low block encounter where they. It was like Rob Edwards is definitely you know I think he knows there's a job vacancy coming soon. He wants to maybe get some shortlists or get an interview at least and stuff. That he was uh, he was he was he was definitely throwing bouquets everywhere at Anfield and his press conferences as well. So yeah, yeah. I, I I explained it is is a little bit like um, how we talk about Champions League games when we play against uh, the champions <coughs> of l- lesser yeah. countries. Let's yes. say they only have one way of playing. And yeah. is to try to win, and they don't know how to low block or uh, to defend, so um, they didn't bother trying. Yeah. So it was kind of easy for us. We just missed a lot in the first half. Well, um, one player missed a lot. It was it was Luis Diaz. It was literally just one Luis player Diaz. missed a lot, yeah. but only yeah. one player was really the one getting inside the box. Yeah, which is Luis Diaz. Um, so what I find really interesting, I would like to give him quite a lot of credit. To be fair, that since since Mo left. That he's been the one. Yeah, the he's he's the least uh, credit for, of any of the forwards, and he's been absolutely shouldering the burden of the playing time. So he yeah. he'd only he'd only played four complete games all season before Jet before Mo went away, and, yeah. and he's played um, of the last eleven games. He has he has played at least ninety in in eight of them. Wow, wow, um, and he's been like. Uh, None of the other forwards are even remotely close to that, yeah. Um, and so yeah, he's he's been bludgeoned, and I think he's kind of the, he's forging his way back into the player that yeah. that we bought. Like even in this game, he's not a clinical finisher. That's not his game. It's not who he is. But he's being um, he wants the decisive moment. It looks like he's chasing the decisive moment. He's being he's been we've we've kind of. Um, inverted how we've been playing this season and it's or yeah and it's flipped from the right hand side how typically we would have the creator and the connector coming on from the left hand side and and uh where so Manny would be deeper and then Bobby would be the the uh rotation and Manny would go past him but Mo would always be the highest up the pitch. We've swapped those around now um with Harvey playing swap the sides over and because there's no there's no real lethal finisher you, without Darwin or Mo to get on the end of the thing, things in the box, that killer, the guy that's that's uh, patterns are designed to end up with is Diaz. Yeah, and think, his I shot lot- volume would would suggest that that's happening. 
Yeah, I think a lot of the a lot of the concern was based on the fact that the fans know that the three main goal scorers were all out, and then the team only think had fifteen Premier League goals between them at the starting eleven at the start of the match, and you know it just and it gets that that first half when you're seeing the chances being missed. I mean, there was one there was one that was a really nice through ball from Harvey, and and he just sticks it wide. I think does he stick it wide or does he stick it over anyway? But he doesn't go doesn't stick it in the net anyway. Oh, he think- was it was saved, um, and that was the that was the best version of the of the chances he had. There. It was a lovely reverse pass from from Harvey, yeah, uh, and and he he swivelled, cut inside, beat a man, and put it down to the right hand corner of, uh, of yeah. people and saved it. Yeah. But early he'd miss one. Harvey got through and it didn't end up as a shot. Um, we had a lot of those where we broke their back line and then it just looked like a ri- it looked like an opposite of a Liverpool kind of attack. Yeah, it did. It wasn't yeah, we it wasn't the wasn't the killer, like the team of killers that we we've we've had so much in the clock, is it? Was it so. no 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 exactly. Yeah. But uh, I I just wanted to point out that the uh Diaz's conversion rate is um ostensibly the exact same as Darwin's. Yeah. Yeah. So Diaz and Darwin both have 12% shot conversion this season. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Hamza, um, you've talked about some patterns of play looking ahead to the Chelsea game. Um, There was, how did you see our um, patterns of play in this first half particular and also then the Luton goal? Can you just talk to us about the issues you saw with that? Uh, yeah, I think I mentioned uh, in the group chat that when I was watching, uh, it felt, uh, and, and this may chime in with what people felt at the time and may actually be the opposite of what Simon saw, but uh, after the after roughly around 20 minutes in, it felt like uh, the, the team just lacked a little bit of um, composure and leadership. Uh, yeah. As in, And the point that I raised was that... Uh, the amount of players in, in that particular eleven that uh, had experience of a must-win match before, yeah, uh, would have just been. And when I say must-win, I mean like title race. Oh yeah, 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 every yeah, every match. Yeah, matters, so, yeah. so 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 Gomez, Van Dijk, McAllister's played in the World Cup final, uh, and that and and Diaz as well because he was part of that that team that sort of uh, was part of the quadruple season. Uh, other than that, the rest hadn't really been involved no. in, in in a match with. They've had pressure matches before, but not in the sort of, if you lose ground here, uh, then uh, there are big consequences. And, and and it felt like for, and that's no fault of their own, that, that you can only build that through experience. It felt like that that weight did hold a bit heavy on a few players. Yeah, uh, They were forcing passes. Uh, they were playing a bit too quickly. Uh, they weren't settling into the match taking shots from positions that they shouldn't have taken them from. I mean, if you look at the shot map, there's just a, a handful from outside the box in the first half. Yeah. Uh, Grav, Elliot, Grav, Gomez, Gakpo, yeah. and Diaz. Uh, yeah, just where there would have been better opportunities to, to just work it with a bit more patience. But yeah. And it was all compounded by Luton taking the lead as well, wasn't it? Yes, exactly. Uh, and their goal came from from a quick throw in uh the throw in from on their yeah. left side yeah. into chong so chong uh came in and then out when i say in and out i mean he went into the touchline and then ran towards a box uh the player that took the throw in received the ball back from chong played it into Carlton morris who was holding off kwanzaa then played it infield uh and chong 
this wasn't the only time he found some space between the lines. There's a few examples a bit earlier as well of him doing that when Liverpool were in negative transition. But again, uh, when you don't have full sort of... It's interesting I say this because it doesn't quite count in the next match. When you don't have a lot of time playing together, this can often happen where you don't understand exactly the positions where you should be. But yeah, he, he found a bit of space yeah. between the lines, got the shot off and it managed to squeeze under Kelleher uh, in a kind of awkward way and then go to the back post. It's not really... It's not. Yeah, it was. Just, he didn't win that. It was a. Uh, as in, yeah, just got to react in that moment. But yeah, it was. I, I think it was one Keller would want. Keller would want back, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, if he could, if he could just try and get a better block or parry it wide, or, or just get a firm, just just gather it firmly instead of. But he just squirmed the sort of ricocheted loose, didn't it? And then it was an easy finish. Tap in. Yeah. Um. So, but um, apparently, Popper was since revealed that he broke his golden rule. Half time, uh, and he invoked the spirit of Barcelona. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what we can attribute everything in the second half to is Klopp doing his Henry V or something, yeah, and uh, standing in the dressing room invoking the spirit of Barcelona. Because I tell you what, after that, that 15 minutes after the half time, the team, the, the intensity level just ratcheted up so fast from our boy. And the way I would say it, because I, I, I experienced this firsthand in the Fulham match recently, is that there was a very frustrating period of play. That people saying the crowd was quiet. It wasn't, it wasn't getting behind the team. Only takes a very short amount of 20 second period of it, a really high intense stuff. And then the crowd feed off that and they really get into it. And then the crowd get it. And then it, then it's from that point onwards, it's like a symbiotic thing where the crowd inspire the players, the players inspire. They get the crowd just sort of, they do their bit at the start and then they wait. And then they just need that spark. It's almost like to get, to, to really get into the momentum. And that's exactly what happened. And most of it, it might, I might probably biased it, was Conor Bradley. Yeah. I mean, I think just to emphasise one of size points about our change in pass map shape between the two halves yeah. is shows you what I was talking about. So in the first half, we don't look like a Liverpool. We're sort of a bit, there's nothing going on in the middle. It's a bit separated. Mm. There's not a great connections. But the second half, you've got the right, you've got a right, uh, recycle triangle on the right going across into Diaz being the further forward um, forward on the, in the left half space. So that shows you that recycling through Harvey. Mac is playing higher in the second half, which shows you that intensity. We've got our key players in and around zone 14 and the half space is being occupied for that second half. So as much as Bradley was helping with that, we also put our key players right in the zones we need to well, be. It's got also- them on the ball. But it's such a shame we didn't have the pressing data for this match. Because no, this, no, because this, 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 this would have been a throwback, right? I think it would have been a throwback because you had, even we in those first few minutes, platform. we set we ourselves set the up. platform. Yeah. Yeah, we, we were pressing their throw-ins in by the, by the corner flag, their corner yeah. flag. They so, were still trying to play out a bit, so there was yeah. opportunity, and we can press the pitch, and we are like we had we had the shape from which to press from. We did. We had Van Dijk and uh, Quanza was him, yeah, was not he? Yeah. High up on the halfway line, we pushed the whole lot up. We put our better players towards the towards the goal, and we just went about and did the stuff that we're good at, rather than the sit offy kind of being mid blocky. We just went and pressed high, and we did it for a half an hour period, and we absolutely blew them off the park. Yeah, and we destroyed them. We, we. I don't think they ever. He said they couldn't breathe for half an hour. The noise yeah. went up, as you said. The noise symbiotic relationship went through the roof. We were pressing them so hard, triple, quadruple presses going on. Yeah, winning the ball back really high. They just didn't know what to do. And when Robbo comes on, 
he wins one of them from a mishit clearance from a from a throw-in, doesn't he? They try and clear it across this is the third pitch. goal. Yeah, third goal. But I'm, I'm skipping him. I'm just saying it's an example of rushing yeah. a decision. Whereas a clear moment would have been, do you know what? I'll just take a touch. I'll hit it down the line. He tries to go across yeah, field. Robbo was in the centre. And Robbo was just picks it up, knocks it and plays him in. It's just, we yeah. went back to doing the stuff that I think we're good at. Um, and we, sometimes it's just play the high octane. We can't do the other things. And it was just good to see us do that and flick a switch. And you're right, yeah. Connor was brilliant at it. And so was Mac. Mac was yeah. phenomenal. They were. Enough. And I think, I, 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 I don't want to be, you know, but it was sometimes like it was the Adam Lallana style. It was just that that just the literally just chase for fifty meters, and he did it like three times, and he went right to left across the pitch, just just hounding Luton players, yeah. and and it was almost like that's what that got that really got the crowd up, and then everybody else kind of followed suit. But yeah, it was it was tremendous, wasn't it? And now also just to cut back, I've changed the colours for you, Dolph, but um, the blue <laughs> blue dots in the second half are a lot more prominent in their in their final third <laughs> rather than first half they're red. So um, it gives you that. I think that also shows you we're having greater success higher up as well. Whereas yeah. first off, it was kind of like, oh, yeah, we'll, we'll go and do this thing. But then they, they got out. But saying that, we did win a quite a few duels in the sort of middle third in the first half. We just didn't, didn't take advantage. Yeah. Uh, um, Hamza, and to get us back in the game, to turn the game, I think it was two goals in three minutes, two assists for Alexis McAllister. Second one was an absolute beauty for Cody. But let's, should we just talk about that equaliser, that all-important equaliser, Hamza? Hello, I'm here to annoy you. I'm here to annoy you into listening to more of me and more of others on EPL Index. We don't just have the Anfield Index stuff. We've got EPL Index as well, which covers the entirety of the Premier League. And we have three podcasts and a whole bunch of really good writing on EPLindex.com. The podcasts are my own two-footed podcast, which is every day at 4 p.m., Monday through Friday, covering the whole league. We have a Tad Predictable hosted by Tadiwa. You know Tadiwa, he does Anfield Index. He presents a Tad Predictable before every Premier League match week. And then Kevin DeVries and his crew on the EPL Roundtable there every week after the Premier League match week. So make sure you listen to everything we're doing on EPL Index and follow us there on Twitter at EPL Index. Thank you. Bye-bye. Uh, yeah, uh, this was the uh, the corner. Uh, again, we don't need to go into too much detail about how important uh, set pieces are for um, equalisers or go-aheads, but uh, this is an example of that. And uh, the key to this is actually um, Cody Gakpo uh, teaming up with Van Dijk uh, to uh, perform a block. Uh, and it's interesting that we, we're talking about a block here because it becomes something that's quite important in the... Um, the yeah. cup match. Uh, so Ogbene Og, Og is trying to mark Van Dyke. Um, no, sorry. Uh, Ted Menge is trying to mark, uh, mark Van Dyke. Ogbene is trying to mark Cody Gapo. Uh, this is uh, an outswinging corner. Outswinging, yeah. Uh, which is pretty usual for us. I think around a third, around a third of ours are in swingers this season. We used to have like one of the highest outswinger rates. We've mixed it up a bit. Um as it so happens, is a little stat for you. Uh, last season, outswingers produced a shot more often than inswingers, but the average XG of an inswinger tended to be higher. Uh, mm. so, is that was that is that the whole Premier League, or is that just yeah? That's right. Uh, that's for the whole the whole Premier League. Uh, I'll I'll get the exact <laughs> stat and then put it in the in the the Discord. There's a piece by Ali Tweedell where he um, for opt analyst when he he got that stat. Nice. Uh, but yeah, so um, what happens here is. Um, Gakpo stands his ground, lets um, 
Mengi uh, sort of bouncing to him, which just gives Van Dijk a little bit of separation, uh, a chance to build up speed. And that means Ogbene, who's now free because Gakpo's taken out, um, isn't going for the ball and taking out Mengi, uh, is going to try and sort of get the ball. But at this point, Van Dijk's already got separation. He's got a bit of momentum. Uh, and Ogbeni has got to turn and accelerate and the ball's already come in. So yeah, he, he can't reach it. Uh, excellent header, excellent goal. Uh, that's a pretty sort of very, very simple sort of set piece routine. That He was close uh, to the penalty spot, I think, when he headed it, wasn't he? Yeah, I think it had a pretty decent XG. I'll just tell you what it is yeah. now. But he was, uh, and, he, and he put it, he, he, I think he, it, it didn't go high into net. It sort of bounced sort of uh, on near the goal line, didn't it? Just just in front of the keeper, I think. But yeah. Yeah. It only had uh, 0.12, but of course, header. But yeah. So yeah. Had, but yeah. But the header from Cody was even oh. more miraculous because this was just a peach of a ball from um, McAllister. But he absolutely blams it in, doesn't he? Yeah. As in, uh, and just before this as well, uh, this is where Bradley gets his shot off. So, um, Liverpool yes. score immediately win the ball, break forward through um through uh through Elliot. Bradley gets a shot off, deflected, uh, saved by the goalkeeper, uh, and then Elliot wins a corner. A throw in, sorry. Uh and immediately after that, uh quick throw, um and <laughs> McAllister just launched he it's like a volleyed, so, so volleyed yeah. shot pass. <laughs> yeah, it's gorgeous. Uh and uh Gakpo just needs to get a contact on it and direct it towards goal, and he does. Uh, but yeah, it's he just really well to be fair to do it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what what Bradley does quite well is he sort of uh, he shapes as if he's going to sort of throw it infield, uh, and at the same time, uh, McAllister just curves his so McAllister is positioned around on the line of the box uh, on the right right side of the pitch, obviously, uh, and he must be around sixteen yards from the goal line. He curves his run. So then he's around sort of eight yards, uh, and that's when um, uh, Bradley throws, throws the ball and he catches it perfectly. Yeah, but yeah, to 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 get that and the shot by Bradley and the goal by Van Dyke all in such a short space of time, uh, that's what fries opponents' heads. You, and there wasn't, an, and there was another one, Bart. So about a minute later, I think the next set piece, and Van Dyke has an even better header, an absolute towering leap and he blams it but somehow the, the keeper saves this one with a brilliant save yeah that's, that's we were on, absolutely on fire we were on fire because that is a point five yeah point zero five chance that second one but um yeah it, that's that, doesn't, that doesn't do it justice that because he was marked no, and it was it was it was, it was a leap it was so dominant wasn't it that it was but we were we we're on fire and van dyke was it's a easy cliche people are saying it but he was being a captain really yeah one nil down goes against the goal it you, takes, takes the team back in. Do you know you, you, your your mate Mark Arstats, who you're still trying to get to come on the pod yeah. one of these days? You know he's a bit shy, but you know we can bribe him maybe. But you know, <laughs> you know he does his. You know he's the one who's who does the aerial duels ELO, which yes. is the, the chess style stuff. Um, VVD's got up a bit recently in that. Do you know why? No, go on. He's, he's, won, he's won 21 consecutive aerial duels in the Premier League. <laughs> 21 in a row. 21. <laughs> it's just fucking nuts. I saw something today. Is he the first defender with 100, 100 areas, 100 duels or something? Or other? Was something like that. We've, something we've, like we've that. entered some new categories for him to win. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so get some more trophies to go with his man. Yeah, 100 clearances and stuff like that. Yeah, but yeah, fucking yeah. hell. Yeah. Yeah. 21 consecutive uh, aerials. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's good. But yeah, it was fun. But most of all, and there was another, there was another press leading to another shot um, just after the just after the third goal um, with Endo, 
I mean, they were all at it. McAllister was pressing leading shots. So, so was Endo. It was, it was a top quality performance, uh, second half boss. Yeah, it really was. Is this one where the, the kid comes on? Is it Danes comes on? Um, oh, that was, that was another one afterwards. That was a Bobby style one. <laughs> yeah, that was another little press, wasn't it? And then he yeah. plays a lovely ball through. And I'm thinking, go on, Cody, go on, just, just put that away. And it bobbles around and, and Harvey finishes Harvey it. Harvey dashes it in. But that, 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 it in, but the that Dan's was a, one, that was, that was, he was like, he'd been watching, you can tell he's been watching Bobby Firmino his whole bloody teenage it, life. Yeah, isn't that just a, I know we'll talk about this at the end, but the fact that kids come on and play, do you know what I mean? They know how to play. So I'll talk about this as a performance uh, lead for, for, a, for an academy, but to have the teams playing the same way, so the mm. profile of player, they all spoke about it after the final as well. And one of the yeah. reasons they feel comfortable is they know if they play the same way in the lower level. So they come on, they go, right, I'm going to play forward today. This is what I've got to do. And this is more complicated as you go higher up, but it, it just... I don't think it's great to see the kids doing exactly what's being asked, but I also think that's that's a by design as well. I don't think that's by accident that we've managed to do that. Yeah. Um, so um, I had on the, the agenda a quick discussion on Bradley, Kwanzaa, and Elliot. Um, we've we've done Bradley already. He was brilliant. Um, uh, Jarrell Kwanzaa. Uh, he he just um, he he. The best thing you can say about him, I think, is that you don't even notice him. And the team is outstanding defensively, and he just don't notice him. Yeah, I think he got better. I think he was partly out of position for their goal. Right. But, but he's playing alongside Virgil, and Virgil's amazing, and Kwanzaa does a really nice job. He's yeah. doing a really nice job. That's yeah. why it's it's really hard to be. He does he is much more of a Virgil type defender. Virgil is the very best in the world, maybe of all time, system defender that can ma- that that can do the emergency defending if he needs to. Ibu yeah. is a terrible system defender. I'll talk about <laughs> it forever, but he is phenomenal at emergency defense. Yeah, one v one as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. yeah. And Kwanzaa is much more Virgil light. Yes. Yeah. So you don't have match of the day clips of him because he didn't take a terrible touch then have to sprint back five steps and do a wonder tackle. Yeah. Yeah. So you just don't get, so, so it's really easy to take for granted that, or, or it's really easy to ignore him. And it's just actually, uh, uh, it's a positive reflection of his quality. Yeah. And finally to just wrap up Newton, um, Harvey Elliott, um, had some pretty interesting stats in this game, so si. Not least, we, um, early in the season, we said, Simon Brundish, quote, he needs to get in the box more. Um, in this game, he had 15 penalty box touches. That's a lot. It, it, it's a lot by anybody's standards, that. Um, now, uh, two of them were offside, right? Two of them were failed dribbles, right? But that, let's leave that. It's still a lot. Yeah, so I... Uh, how many do I have? I think it was about 10 proper touches, but that's still a lot. Yeah, 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 but, yeah. 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 It's, it's, but but of that, he got point, he got 1.09 XA. So I'm swapping that any day of the week for anything he does on the pitch. If he gets more than one XA a game, sign me up. It's the well, stuff it, that he's not doing, he hadn't been doing periodically, is the, is the final phase of our build patterns. What do you, to, um, to, to be fair, he had a very good game against West Ham in the League Cup. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's wank. Who cares? No, no, but what I'm trying to say was he played the same role against West Ham and against Luton. Similar levels of opponent as well. But so I'm just saying to say he can he can have very productive games in you know in in our system for us. I think that they're the two there is probably his two best games, right? West Ham and Luton. I'd say uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um and as long as he's creating, as long as he's as long as he's creating, I'm I'm happy. I, I'm not unhappy with him anyway, uh, to be fair. But if he's going to be uh, fighting for a front free place, then he needs this level of production. Yeah, he's got to, he's, he's got to produce. You don't see it this way. Yeah, he's got to produce, hasn't he? If, he's, he's got to, if you've got to be in the front three, you judge on your output for Liverpool. Yeah, or, or, you've got to pl- or whoever's <laughs> playing on the opposite wing has to start producing like Mo. Yeah. That's the only way you're going to get around it. But, yeah, no, he was fantastic. Uh, his, um, it, it, he he did he played played lots of high risk passes in this game, which is not his game. So, what I was talking about with Diaz is what I was trying to say about Diaz is that his role has changed from the role he was doing previously. So, you can expect different things from him. Because his role has changed. So he's on the end of chances. He's the one that's having high volume number of yeah. t- touches in the box. He's our finisher right now. So like when, when he first joined, he was hugging the left wing touchline all the time, yeah? Well, and most of the season. Yeah, and most, yeah. mo- well, most of the season that he was he was earlier in the in the pattern before we got... He wasn't... We weren't des- designing our, our structure around getting him the final touch. Yeah. And we currently are. Yeah. So we have to look at this block of games where he is that he is the the, the focal point, yeah, differently. And yeah. and Harvey's is getting a little bit higher up as well. So, but they're they're working well together. Harvey has been coming off the bench and playing mostly really low risk, solid passes, and not giving the ball away at all. Yeah. And in the last couple of games, he's playing much higher risk, and it's it, he's he's played a couple of amazing passes, and uh, and it's paid off. Yeah, and he, he works his nuts off that kid as well. Yeah. Okay. Uh, right, Chelsea. Bart, um as our relevant opposition analyst, do you want to just give us the Chelsea lineup for this one quickly? Hang on, they're, 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 I, and I, I got to find second. it now. Um, hang on. They were unchanged from the previous game. This is my, I know that much. Let me just find the page. Uh, the four-two-three-one. Um, I'm not going to pronounce the back line, but they yeah, go on. <laughs> no, there was no, there was no, there was there was no Thiago Silva. Was there? There was no Thiago Silva, but they've dropped him. Um, well, yeah, after our game, and they've actually yeah. they've actually started to put a bit of run together. I mean, three four games is is yeah. is like an eternity for the when you've not been winning a lot. But uh, Colwell on the left and... Uh, Size mate, Ben Chilwell. Ben Chilwell, left, left, left back. back. Yeah, Kizazi. That's it, Kizazi. Um, you can see the two, the £250 million partner pair in midfield of yeah. Enzo and uh, Moses. Connor playing abstention. No, no, we're not Connor. There's only one Connor in this match. Sorry, well. sorry. Yeah. Gallagher playing in obstensively off of the front man with Jackson with uh, Palmer on the right and Sterling on the left is yeah. how they have been lining up. Who was up. utterly anonymous apart Sterling, from his offside goal, yeah. Apart from his offside goal, yeah. So, and the other one which Kev pulls off a brilliant save. But um, yeah. yeah, he was he was on, taken off about 60, wasn't he? Or something like yeah. that number, but, so yes, um, this is... This is, this is seems to be his 
starting to come a bit more settled in terms of his lineup. Um, I he left the lad that you liked on the bench. Is it Nukaku? Is that right? Uh, oh, Unkunku. Yeah, he's, he, yeah. he's basically he's still not properly fit. He's, he missed about no. four months with it. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. But yeah. I, I always think he looks slightly more dangerous when they come on when he oh, comes definitely. on. But, um, you can tell it, can't you? You can tell it. But no, I think generally speaking, that's his lineup. Uh, fairly basic, kind of basic. It's Poch. He did it at Spurs. He had two sitters and a, and a one in front because he had Ericsson in front uh, with Ali and I can't remember who his sitter was. I was completely gone off my head there a minute. Dembele. But they, that's it. They had, they so had Dembele and Wanyama. Yeah, so they had the same sort of setup. It was a kind of yeah. two, two in front of a, of a yeah. back four. So that's a throwback. Yeah. That is a long, long time ago. So this, that's how Poch likes to play when he gets there. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's very, very basic rudimentary. And I, I, I forgot I had a quiz for you guys after you know because um, we're yeah. not going to be able to do it because we're going to talk about the winner later on. The most goals scored by a centre back in the top eight European leagues, all competitions though. For you know, so top five leagues plus. Uh, Portugal, I can't remember what the seventh. Anyway, Virgil's got twenty three since t- two thousand seventeen eighteen. How many players have got more? There's two players who've got more than that. Do you know? Want to have a guess who they are? Only centre backs. We're talking not full backs since two thousand seventeen eighteen season. One of them used to play for Liverpool. Paletta. Close. He is oh, in yeah. Portugal now. Ilori. Oh. No, not Ilori. It's not Saka, is it? Not, no, it's um, Sebastian Quates. I say Quates. Uh, he's, he's got the most goals by centre. He's got 26 goals in the like scissor kicks. <laughs> he all scissor kicks, yeah. Every single one's a scissor kick. Uh, who's, the other, and, who's the other one? Uh, the other one is a Brazilian international. Blimey. Gabriel? New, what, what I don't know if he's. Current, I don't know if he's a current. You, know, you, you guys are going to be rubbish on a pub quiz. <laughs> it, it's Marquinhos at PSG with twenty five. Um, so Quates okay. twenty six, Marquinhos twenty five, VVD twenty three. He's level with uh, Willy Orban. Or I think he plays for Leipzig, captain of Leipzig. And then Sergio. Do you know my take home? I appreciate that he's brilliant, and he should he, be fifty fifty p head. Absolutely brilliant. Should be forty. <laughs> Sergio Ramos has got 21 as, as well he's the other one I was going to say I thought Ramos would be up there somewhere yeah yeah yeah. yeah. He's, he, he, when he had in their pens as well uh, most goals scored by a defender actually in that same period James Tavernier he's got 87 he, he takes penalties doesn't he he does he, he's got about 50 penalties for Rangers so in that period yeah uh, seriously you it's about 50 can't count that league Jesus no, Christ but he's, got, he's got 87 <laughs> goals from a defender in, in the six seasons anyway anyway Right, <laughs> right. We, uh, and- we haven't covered. We haven't covered the in the Luton game that Robbo uh, equal went uh, to top of the Premier League assisters league again for fullback for defenders ever. Yeah, because he was top two weeks ago. Then Trent took his place, and right, now yeah. he's just uh, on, he's just equaled Trent again. Brilliant. Yeah. Um, and and most I just looked it up by the way. Most. Goal scored by a centre back in Liverpool's history is Sammy Hippier, with thirty five. In uh, so he, Sammy was one every thirteen games, and VBT's on twenty three. So one in every eleven appearances for Liverpool. There you go. Because we're not going to talk about it later. So we're going to talk about be more, man. 
<laughs> 40 goals already. He should be ahead of Sammy already. <laughs> I, I, no, I don't, I don't. I'm not even talking about Virgil. I'm just talking like across the board. It should be more. Like centre back should be scoring more goals. Well, even even the legend of Sammy Hippier, he's 87th highest scorer in Liverpool history. Yeah. He's only like, got 35. If if having been old now and been on Premier League training grounds in 1995 and been on tra- uh, in, in play, uh, Premier League training grounds in 2024, the way we coach is vastly different. The way we set up set pieces to get sp- to make specific things happen, as you'll see in this game, is vastly different. The right. outcomes should be vastly different. Before okay. we would lump a ball into an area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go and attack it. That's basically what it would be. No, it's much no, more. It's, like, it's, it's much more like an American football set. Yeah, piece. like the NFL, yeah. basically. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, all right. Bots, keep the line open and give us that much summary, please, mate. Let's go to the tap. Um, possession 47.52 overall. And touches with more, 949 to 874 I've got. Um, total shots, we out shot them 24 to 19. Uh, off target, six apiece. On target, 11 to 9. Six yard box shots, four to one to them. Uh, penalty box shots, 18 to 15 to us. Outside the box, six to four to us. Big chances, five to one to them. As in, they had five, we had one. We obviously got the one goal that mattered. XG-wise, 2.38 to 1.81 for us, which means uh, threat, sorry, they had one uh, total of one and we had 1.4. So they actually converted more of their threat to XG. And uh, Phil Till, uh, overall, 44 versus 55 in our favour. Um, so, yes, in terms of probabilities, Chelsea should have won in a thousand games, 55% uh, would Ooh. have had to win. Ooh. And they would have won by 2-1, 11% of the time. That was the most so common score, was it Chelsea That was the most common, is it Chelsea 2-1. So yeah. we were 27% to win the game. Um, so there you go. Um, in terms of, when you start looking at down granularity, there are some bits and bobs as we can come on to, but the, you can definitely see periods of time where Chelsea are on top and we're not in the 15 minutes. And the, although you might, that overall summary suggests that Chelsea had a little bit here and there, shaded it in certain areas, the field tilt were pretty much dominant. Like we've got 80% first 15, then 35, 31, 45, or 100%, 60, 40, 60, 40, 60, 30, 66, 35. There's not, in terms of where we're getting possession, we seem to have that that metric. We were we were better than Chelsea in in most of the material periods of the game. Yes, the overall possession is kind of swings a little bit between you know 50-50, 55-45. But in terms of the importance of where you want to have possession, we largely had that. It's just yeah. that when they were in there, they created some pretty big uh, XG chances. Whereas yeah. we didn't, we didn't turn that threat into big XG chances. No. If you look at Kev's game, as we'll come on to, Kev was brilliant, right? He also had the opportunity to do that because he saved from uh, Gallagher twice, and he late on in the in the, the second half, first half he saves from Sterling and Palmer. Those are two big chances, big XG chances, and we didn't really have the equivalent. Yeah, and coming on to that, Hamza. I mean, I thought we started the game 
really quite brightly and nicely. And we had a lot of good play, a lot of good play around the Chelsea box, a lot of possession in the Chelsea third as Bart said. But we just couldn't turn that into a really high quality chance. Yeah, for, for I think up to the, the 19th minute at least, it was 5 1 and shots to Liverpool. Uh, although by the 20th, I think. Um, yeah. Chelsea, Chelsea had two uh, very big ones, principally yes. the, the, uh, the. That was their first real one. attack, wasn't it? They couldn't get anything. It going, was, yeah. yeah. And I think uh, that sort of came from a little bit of instability. I think McAllister tried to, <clears throat> excuse me, play a pass forwards to grab and mm. it was just very slightly uh, ahead of him. Isasi picks it up uh, and. Palmer was able to find spaces between the line quite a bit in this match. Uh, and he, he drops in at this point. Uh, Robertson realizes he's free. Robertson jumps, but because he's already sort of received the ball and releasing Gallagher, there's space in behind. Uh, and then I think Caicedo eventually plays it to Gallagher. He cuts it back. Uh, then someone gets a touch. Sterling gets a touch, maybe. And then do Palmer you, gets his shot. I know, I know it's a bit, you know, uh, put me on the spot with this, but do you think teams can? bait Robbo. They they like almost like almost like spring the trap. I know it's not like biting in the back line, but during the the because they know he will they know he will be prepared to do that twenty meter press into midfield, yeah? Uh I, I think that's a, a fair question. I think the reason that this sort of particular moment happened was just a moment of instability in in, in midfield yeah. and yeah. uh I think often it, it, it can be worth the risk that Robertson does it because he's got Van Dyke behind him. Yeah, so Van Dyke can cover the loose pass. Uh, and the opportunity here is if Robert, if I, if I literally just go back and have a look at this moment, I can describe what could have happened. <coughs> Excuse me. Sorry. Uh, Robertson could win the ball and then suddenly Liverpool have four players ahead of him, uh, against three Chelsea players. So yeah. he would have carried the ball and it's a proper counter-attacking moment because you've got Gravenberg, uh, Gakpo, uh, Bradley and and Diaz, uh, so so those sort of moments, I think he, he, he well, you make these decisions very quickly as a footballer. You, yeah. you s- size up what's there in front of you, and you just tick off sort of what's the risk here? Can I win it? What's the upside if I do win it? And and players will literally just in a split second they'll have a picture of what's ahead of them and what's behind them, and decide yes or no. I think this might be the right move, and I think. In, in in this instance, um, Robertson probably just... Well, he, he would have thought two things. There's an upside to winning the ball and uh, being able to ca- potentially counter-attack. And the other thing is, uh, this is Palmer receiving the ball and this is a problem and there needs to be ball pressure on him immediately yeah. uh, because they've got that body in midfield. I mean, that's uh, fair. The, we always say you've got to put pressure on the ball. We always do say that, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Because, uh, yeah, uh, the, one other thing that could have happened is instead of Palmer playing it into Caicedo because Robertson's on his back, is he could have just turned and played the pass into Gallagher just immediately. Uh, so, yeah, uh, it, I think it's a good question whether teams try and bait it. I think the, the match that sticks out is the City match in the, the COVID 1920 season. season. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, he does it on Foden, doesn't he? A young, very yeah. young Phil Foden, and he gets absolutely rinsed. But, yeah, I, I think yeah. That, that was probably one of Robertson's worst I thought, you were say, I, I thought you were going to say the, the Champions League final Hamza <laughs> oh well that one as well that example is just um, a moment of genius more than anything by Hon- yeah, Modric yeah. because the way that he yeah, turns true, and, true. Yeah, and, yeah. and spins a pass and takes out he's either three or four players with one yeah. move uh, but yeah uh, again these sort of moments you, you, you make in a 
these sort of decisions you make in a split split second. But yeah, to, to come back to your original point, I would agree that the first 15, 20 minutes, Liverpool had a majority of possession, had general control, were creating shots and sort of had a better sort of position in terms of who had the space and who was controlling space. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah, that's the opening sort of period. Yeah. And Sai, um, one of the one of the biggest stories of this game and the Luton game, um, I do it together now as a pair, was was our was our new central midfield duo, Alexis McAllister and Endo. Uh, what they, they, they this is the second game in a row where they had a pretty tremendous performance. What what do you see about what they're doing as a duo and the the blend of skills that, which makes them really effective at this moment? I you pointed this out last game. <laughs> I don't think structurally we've changed. I just think that where the perhaps Mac playing as a six has adjusted his lens on how he makes cho- makes decisions. Um, and so you both the eights are supposed to rotate in. So we so we've got two deep um, at various points of our um, defense of our cover defense. And um, and then as we're building, and he's doing it really well, he's, he's just his boss. I would like to point out that both were really good in this game. Endo is tremendous and finishing that game, unbelievable. And his high duel rate is phenomenal. And he he makes he cuts out passes um, like a really top level number six. But when the way we set up uh, since the Arsenal game, since the WM in uh, began, yeah. it leaves us susceptible to midfield runners, to singular midfield runners. And what Poch did was just let Connor fly in this game, and he just kept running off the back of Endo, and Endo doesn't track. I I don't know if without ever seeing him before he played for us, I don't know if that's just not his game or it's tactically designed that way. But the problem with us and the way we man the fence is that we don't zonally mark anymore. It's that we're going man for man with Virgil and uh, Ibu. And yeah. if they're playing three high, which they do very <laughs> often, you've got Robbo, um, Jackson and uh, Raheem, mostly being marked by those three lads. So that if there's then a fourth third man runner coming directly through our guts, uh, that he is free and completely Mm. unmarked and no one went anywhere near him. So while if we're in, if we're in a rest defense where we've got um, uh, Connor's back as well, Mm. then Ibu can cover it. So, so what you're saying is when we're being proactive defense in the defensive phase, they're a real asset, the pair of them as a pair. But when we are more passive, it's we have issues more, yeah? Yeah. That, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, okay. And that's that will be the next step to work on, I guess, for the for the pair of them. You, I don't know. I, I think it's structural. I think it's okay. probably just structural. I think neither of them are athletic enough to cover that run, but they're already, there's already a lot asked, being asked of them. Hmm. And I just don't know if you can do all of those things. I think it might just remain a weakness. And as long as you have the extreme physicality of Virgil and Ibu that can break glass in case of emergency, 
Yeah. If that's the emergency, that's the emergency that they're really good at covering. Yeah. I think was, maybe it's by design, but there was a lot of Liverpool fans weakness, and they definitely set up to target that. Yeah, there was a lot of Liverpool fans who were ready to give Endo the man of the match award. Um, I, you know, in my in my Twitter feed and generally on Twitter generally, I mean, he what he, he was considering the start he had in the autumn, say, to, to the performances he's been putting in since probably start of December, have been pretty high level. Yeah. Really, yeah, 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 yeah. really, it's been really, really good. And should we just do the numbers now as well? Is possession control of plus six in this match? That's one of the highest we'll ever have for for. A defensive midfielder in a that, team. That is what Thiago averaged last season. <laughs> but let me yeah, genuinely yeah. put that yeah, in yeah, context. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's what Thiago averaged, and True. that's why whatever the bullshit that you would like to say about Thiago this season, because you know recency bias is that this is the world that we live in. He's on a different level. He's just unable. His body is just unable to get him on a pitch. That's all. Yeah. But yeah. even even the not six version of Thiago playing as a six has yeah. this level of possession control. But for me, Immortals, right? Who and it was really, 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 really good. Yeah, so he had he had 91% passing from a DM role and he won 12 out of 19 duels. I mean, that, 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 won, that is pretty ideal, really. And McAllister wasn't that far behind. I think he was, was he was he positive overall in the match, Mac? Or was he just slightly uh... negative? No, he's got minus two, which is still is which is still really good. good. Yeah, 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 really good. I, um, but I would, I would say, just I don't want to put anything negative about it. I don't. That's why I didn't even really want to talk about injuries. But you know what I'm like with narratives. It's become a narrative that uh, that Endo is the greatest player on earth. Um, that if let's throw it back ten years, if it was Lucas doing that role as a six, and their ten got in behind. <laughs> As often, he will be absolutely vilified. I'm just yeah. trying to be. I'm just trying to be objective here. Yeah. Okay. No, I think it's fair to say that. Yeah, that's really good because I don't think we've had that. I haven't heard that that analysis anywhere else actually. So, so that's really good. Really fair. But yeah, McAllister and Endo at the moment are pretty tremendous overall. Um, can I can I just pose a question to you guys? Genuine question. As as much as I uh, as I as I like to prod the hot t- hot button topic, genuine question. Can you name another player who ended up being the hot ticket item, the high price ticket item by mistake before that Caicedo has been off the back of McAllister? Yeah, you say well. You, you they, they, they definitely look like the price tags were the wrong way around. Yeah, those two players. We've got a yeah. You mean another one of our backup signings? Because yeah. the first no, not just for us. I'm just saying, like what, no, no, yeah, I mean, gen- generally, across yeah. football, like yeah. You, there's, there, there is one guy that will get all of the plaudits when at, so Shearer and Sheringham along yeah. those lines. Do you know what I mean? Like one of them is actually pulling all of the strings and the other one's getting all the plaudits. Well, it's the same I'm not saying Shearer is not brilliant. It's, you, could also, you could also talk about Enzo and McAllister as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the, we, in the Argentina midfield. Did we go for Anthony at United and United got him and we got somebody else. I can't remember. There's, there's, there's various times where I think we've 
missed out maybe on top sign and had to go. Oh for yeah, no, down. that's happened to us quite a lot. I was just yeah. talking like, but but just the narrative around two players. Uh, crazy. Two players in in a team. I think I think there's probably some around the Ajax midfield from from you know like five years ago that got picked up. Oh, the John the that, uh, went the, to Barca, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. One, yeah. one went to United, one went to Barca. Yeah. Yeah. I just wonder if there are any others in history that have that have the wrong one got all of the credit. Well, didn't um, Real Madrid by um, Thomas Graveson from out uh, uh, there they were then he thought he, they got him confused with Lee Carsley because they went to an Everton match and they ended up buying Thomas Graveson by mistake. I don't know. <laughs> it's true. It's true. They the, the prayer they thought was the thought was boss and it was actually Lee Carsley. But uh, there mm, you go. I mean. Anyway, um so on the Endo one as well, you've got to give credit for Bart's for that. Um the follow up on the Jackson shot after the save for, you know, the, the Kelleher safe on the big chance. That was a tremendous block. Yeah. It, it, that, that's his game, isn't it? That is actually, he's in the right time, the right place, uh, defensively blocking. And, and he, he's very good at that. Um, I think he's added something needed to the, to the base in midfield. Uh, I think, yeah, we watched I'm, him against Union, Union San Sandro. We did. Uncle, and he was, and he wasn't great. He wasn't great, but I think what he's done now, I think, I think he's just pre-scanning better so that rather than having to take a touch and then pass, I think he's now able to play that pass quicker because he's already pre-scanned the area and he's got used to where the players are around him so he can play that pass first time. Um, he still has a bit of a left-hand side bias. Um, I was just looking at pass maps and uh, uh, for all of our good play in that first half, uh, there is a massive hole on the right-hand side um, that potentially... He, he, I know Grab's gone in there, we changed... Um, we changed Conor up to go in there, but I think that I think Mac and Endo are playing really well, but the right side is still an area for improvement and it's still probably dependent on personnel, which is not available at the moment. And I think that might help a function. That might also help that player running off the back because if Endo is left side Donovan, then they're running off the back of the right, which seems to be where um, Gallagher is running into. That right eight, yeah, Don might be, might be able to adjust that. I don't know. But um, no, I, I just think think you're right. Endo has done well. That is essentially what he's in there for, isn't it? To make those mm-hmm. blocks and, and make sure that they don't get the, the second shot off, win the second ball. He's also, um, I think something I didn't realise when we signed him, he's very good in the air. Yeah. Someone who's not um, of great stature, shall we say, height-wise, he, he, he does pretty well. Yeah. And he's he's definitely got a good engine. And it, yeah. it looks like he is a bit of a cyborg as well to me, uh, but we shall see on that front. Hamza, anything to, fit, to put a Full stop on the Endo and McAllister conversation from you. Uh, no, uh, I think we'll keep it there. Uh, okay, you can talk to us about the rather nice period between the Chelsea big chances and half time when we were, I thought, quite comfortably the better team and we actually had our best chances of the match in this period. I don't need a VPN. I've got nothing to hide. <laughs> This is what I used to tell myself before I hooked up with LibertyShield.com. Not only is my home internet now fully encrypted, but I can now access all the websites I want, whenever I want, and do so from absolutely anywhere. As a Liverpool fan, I love to know I can now watch every match, regardless of whether it's on UK TV or not. My Liberty Shield VPN makes sure nothing is blocked and guarantees me super-fast streaming speed throughout that match. You can get connected right now with their software package, which includes a 48-hour no-obligation free trial and instant access to their apps for Apple, 
Android, Fire TV, PC, Mac and Android TV. Or go a step further like I have and get one of their pre-configured VPN routers. These small but powerful devices allow you to easily connect every device in your home to VPN, making it the perfect solution for smart TVs, Mac boxes and games consoles. Visit libertyshield.com today and use coupon code AIVPN25 to get 25% off at checkout. Uh, yeah, well, I, I thought there's a little bit of instability after the, the, the grav change. Yes. Uh, obviously, he, he came off for Gomez, and Gomez moved to right back. So Bradley moved to right wing, and Elliot moved into right midfield. Uh, so that's just quite a sort of... um yeah disruptive sort of move there uh, and I think for after that, that that period in which it, I described earlier that first 15 in which Liverpool were a bit more comfortable the game became a little bit less sort of uh, structured briefly uh, but then towards the end of the half uh, Liverpool really sort of finished well if you look at the sort of uh, yeah. possession breakdown we, we, and we 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 you would say we were adjusting, but we weren't. Chelsea weren't letting Chelsea have shots or chances or anything. You know, we were kind of still broadly on top. We just couldn't really get anything going in attack ourselves either mm-hmm. until the until that period just before half time. Yeah, and then uh, in that period, that's where uh, Gakpo and Bradley both get their shots away, and then Diaz got his. Uh, but one thing I thought that we did. Uh, quite well early on was uh, we used the long pass quite well, so it wasn't just sort of. Um, uh, Van Dyke doing that, but Canate hit a few early passes in the right channel. Uh, Kelleher also played direct as well into Diaz. So there's a few ways which we progressed quite well. And at the same time, Chelsea were trying to sort of work their way around the press, uh, by playing to their fullbacks and then to the wing. But, um, yeah, um, in that period, I thought, uh, Liverpool were a bit stronger. They also had their offside goal as well in this period, right? Yeah. Uh, it was Jackson, yeah, wasn't it? yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. But he was offside, so um. Oh, but the two, okay, uh, that, that actually comes to a point I, I literally just made about how they sort of tried to work their way around the pass. So they played from <coughs> left to right, uh, moved it into Desazi, uh, then into Gusto, and like you mentioned earlier, so Robertson had jumped up, Enzo had a free moment inside, clipped the ball in behind, and then then Palmer released uh, uh, Jackson. It's a nice fluid move, uh, and if you are going to try and avoid the situations that Chelsea had in the 4-1 defeat at Anfield, then you're going to look to try and build up in this way and avoid the middle of the pitch. I mean, City started doing that in 18-19, right? Just avoiding playing through the middle, just mm. to avoid the press uh, and play through the wings, through the fullbacks uh, and using the players in the half space to pull wide a bit. So yeah, uh, it, it's, a, it's a nice fluid move and it nearly came off uh, if uh, Jackson uh, was a bit deeper than maybe he would have been on side. Uh, but yeah, otherwise, uh, pretty sort of strong consolidation. There's a few moments that are interesting where Bradley and uh, Elliot swapped. So um, Bradley was playing wide, uh, but sometimes Elliot would move wide and Bradley would sort of run in behind uh, or come in field. Uh, so yeah, there's, there's a few nice, interesting bits there. Uh, I'm just looking at my other notes for the period. Yeah, it was uh, the the. Uh, I thought the Cody chance was the best one. I mean, um, I mean, the Bradley one went down as a big chance, but there was a lot of bodies in between him and the goal, wasn't there? There was about at least mm. four, but the Cody one was was unlucky. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, from the left, the uh, the cross came. It was in Robertson, from, wasn't it? It was Robertson, beauty. yeah, yeah. Uh, Robertson's yeah, crossing was really on point in this match. To be fair, he was really good. 
Uh, and I think it's not just Gakpo in there. I think uh, Bradley's in there as well and Elliot's yeah. at the far post. So it's a, it, yeah. Um, yeah. It, yeah. But yeah, just hit the foot of the post. It could have gone anywhere, but even it, just, it came back out. But uh, uh, into second half, um, Bats, and um, we we still we're still broadly on top, and it kind of culminates in that period with the what we thought was the go ahead goal, um, not to be. Yeah, I, I thought we we started started well again. To be fair, I think we started both halves relatively well. You know, we had uh, more of the ball in that first fifteen minutes after half time. Uh, we had. We had good feel to it, we said. Uh, great. Still not creating a large amount of XG, though. Um, and and threat was... was We had more threat, 0. 0.6 to 0. 0.1. Uh, sorry, 0. 0.16 to 0. 0.1. So, yeah, we still weren't turning that into XG, should we say. But no. um, we were still... Yeah, I, w- I would agree with that. I thought we were, we were better. Our, our, pass, our passing was still in the high 80s. So we were still doing pretty well um, in terms of our uh, structure... Slightly more uh, refined, should we say, in the second half. You can start seeing the triangles forming all over the pitch as we get a bit more settled. Um, and our players are operating into the, the half spaces and zone 14. So, yeah. And then it, it, it probably comes to the, the major talking point of the half, which, which is that, uh, is it free kick, isn't it? From Robbo. Is that right? I, I remember that correctly, haven't I? Uh, yeah. Free kick. Yeah. Free yeah, kick. Free yeah, kick from I, the right. Free kick from the right. Free kick from the right, yeah. So it comes in um, and VVD scores probably a more difficult header than the, the actual goal, should we say, um, with the with the ball. But it's chalked off through, uh, as Hamza has pointed out in previous pods, the role of a blocker and how um, you've got to be subtle in the art of doing it. And Cody was subtle at Luton in blocking off and um, Endo wasn't. Although the, the ruling uh, seems to be... He was offside, whereas if he'd been onside, I think it would have been allowed. Yeah. It's just, um, it's just it's because he's offside a, and he interfered with play. It's a what subjective it? one. Yeah, so it's right? a subjective that's, offside, which is madness, right? But yeah. The reason it was subjective is because, uh, well, the reason that the VAR asked the referee to have a look is because uh, it's the subjectivity comes from whether the referee believes that Colwell could have actually impacted Van Dyke's ability to play the ball. So yeah, if yeah. Endo was there, uh, if because Endo blocked him and he was in an offside position, uh, the referee believes that stopped Van Dyke from playing the ball. I think most people take issue with that. I think if, if Endo wasn't there, I think Van Dyke still would have got to the ball. And I think that's probably the contention that Liverpool will have. And uh, 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 personally, I, I think that's a fair point. Uh, as but yeah, uh, it's not a I technical think, offside. I think um, you're right, Hamza. I think it's it, in terms of how they've played the role. I can understand the decision being chalked off, right? But in terms of do I think Colwell stops Van Dyke scoring the goal? No, I don't. I think he's behind the play anyway. Do you know? I yeah. think he's starting too far back, so I, I don't think he's getting yeah, there. I, 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 I get I, the point. Ways to sell and, and the second element to this is. Are, are these decisions like officiated consistently? And no. No, no they're not. obviously not. I mean, like, you, no. you, uh, Gregor Robertson and I did a piece on Arsenal set pieces, and like the amount of uh, blocking that you see. I mean, you take a look at someone like Ben White on an opposition goalkeeper. He, he he's a total nuisance. Stands on the goalkeeper, pushes the goalkeeper, runs around the goalkeeper, goes into the goal. 
uh, runs around the front. Declan Rice does the same. Uh, Gabrielle Saliba. Uh, they all do this, and it is, and they're entirely right to do this because referees don't pull them up on it. Yeah. But then in this final and the final two years ago, when Matip had something similar, uh, that's when the VAR gets involved. Uh, yeah, as in, it is a technical infringement blocking. It's usually punishable by an indirect free kick. But like. Um, my beef with it, Amza, is what is, is what you said. It's the subjective nature of it because I think this is it. it this is where VAR is almost re-refereeing the game, um, and this is which is not what it was brought in to do. And um, it's not like to relitigate a match, which is something which has already happened. Um, and because it's, it's not a clear cut and dried call, will was there on Van Dyke, and it's not he's, he might not even have been there. So you, you're given a free kick for something which might not have even arisen. It's just, I just don't, I don't know. It's a stretch for me, but there you go. Yeah, I mean, if Endo does better at hiding the block, <laughs> we're not having this conversation, are we? You know, if he just oh, does a Cody oh, at Luton. You well, know. If, he, if he's just one foot further towards our goal, um, he's probably, you know, it's all... He's on side. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's definitely not given. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah. Um, so, um Mention for Ben Chilwell picking on starting fights with kids. It's just a dickhead. It's just a bad dickhead. He's, is it? he's the perfect Chelsea cam- captain. <laughs> the successor to John Terry just and Ashley bad Cole. Dickhead. Yeah. Is, just, is this show's very low character guy? Yeah. Is is this like, why is this why he lost the ma- left the mascot at Anfield in the recent match? He just doesn't like kids. It's just a bad dude. Like I I, I re- Forget anything salacious. Who Liverpool recruit are high character guys. Yeah. You hear about it in American sport all the time. They recruit high character guys. Chelsea, uh, in their list of priorities, I don't think it's even a box on their form. They just don't care. And that's what you get when you make that guy, who is ostensibly a punk. (laughs) Punk, great word. You make him, he's a cheap punk. You make him your captain. Yeah. The best thing was, Bradley wasn't even asked. He was completely, completely nonplussed by it. It's probably giving him verbal. Actually, I thought Bradley, he he kind of did a bit of a kind of rugby tackle into the ground, didn't he? It was quite cool. I liked it when he took him down and he buried him into, he put it and he, you know, then he when when Chill was on the ground, he definitely carried on going into his body and then Chill got up and, yeah. Brad's yeah. like, have you have you heard of Gaelic football, dude? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, he's like the 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 who do you think you are, pretty boy? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, on, uh, he's an absolute twat. Anyway, so talk about um, big big player in this match, say, Cleveland uh, Kelleher. What? Oh, yeah, yeah, what yeah. Unbelievable. A game, a game for the ages. He, he, we can have our narratives around who was, who was the key player in the game. Yeah. Man of the match for whatever it means. Yeah. The single, the biggest decider over whether Liverpool lost this game or not is, is Ginge Kev. Yeah. 100% on, on five different occasions, he saved a very obvious goal. We're, we're talking at least three alley moments and three of them were, Conor Gallagher, 
completely free inside our box again and again and again. Um, I'm just looking at the moment the, where... The, well, the best one was the Palmer one, because Palmer can actually finish, unlike Gallagher, who can't. Sure, but early in the game, the, the, um, when who who got the earliest chance? This is where I only, oh, Palmer, I only, Palmer. Saw, I only saw Palmer. Was, was that cutting in off the left hand side? Yeah, he was yeah. about six yards, eight yards out. It was like he was like Dudek against Shevchenko. Yeah, 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 yeah. But he did that. He did that also one on one against a completely, completely free when uh, when Connor ran off the back. Yeah, that was of the second, second half. half. Yeah, That's second he, half, clo- yeah. he closed as, as soon as Connor was running and he was free. He was already coming out to close the it angle. Was like it was like he brilliant saw sweeping. the move yeah. happening and yeah. Palmer played the pass exactly how he should have done. And Quee was watching in a way that our the rest of our team weren't. And it was such a very obvious move and a very obvious pass. It could have been covered. It could have been cut out. Neither of those things occurred. So he just dealt with it like he was Ali. Yeah. And and Connor, Connor made the touch, looked up, and Quee was already at his <clears> feet. This this was his Allison against Barcelona game, wasn't it? It was that level. I think yeah, Ali yeah, said yeah, I think yeah. Ali saved five big chances that night, four big chances. Yeah. Um and obviously that had the, the away goals peril on it as well. You know, but it was leg. very much in that in that he saved two point nine three post shot in this game. Unbelievable. Three unbelievable. big chances. I think three big chances I think he saved in total. Yeah. Yeah. Unbelievable. And without making uh, an extended save. Yeah. So he didn't do any of the stuff that would get you a match of the day with the diving look. Oh, the, foot, the, 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 the Palmer one, the chef, when he was when he became Dudek against Shevchenko, that one. But that wasn't was this it. just flying out? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I thought he, he he basically threw himself to his left and I think he got his upper arm on it, didn't he? Um, Bats, I think that, that one, the first one in the one in the first half, that he, was... I know yeah, you mean, he, I thought it was, it was a bit le- more... It was the left of his chest, wasn't it? Yeah. Like, it, wasn't, it, it, was, it, it wasn't a dive extension, is what I'm it saying. Wasn't it wasn't an Aaron Ramsdale. Dive. There was no Aaron Ramsdale saves. That's what that, I'm talking about. That's, that's, Hollywood stuff that gets, that's the stuff that the, uh, you see on TV that gets you a, a match of the day moment where people talk of you as a great goalkeeper. That's but that's not the stuff that wins your leagues. This is the stuff that wins your leagues. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I think that was actually the most telling. The most telling thing was in, in both the examples that Sai just highlighted: the Palmer one and the Gallagher one, where he was through. Yeah, it, the way that Kelleher saved those looked to be the same way that Allison would. As in, technically, if you look yeah. at his foot positioning, if you look at how he waits and then how he spreads and dives and he saves with his limb for the first one and how he sort of commits low and again spreads his chest and then uses his limb for the second one, the Gallagher one, uh, you could swap him out for Alisson. He looks the same as in if you look at the leg positioning, it just looks like Alisson there. Whether that is Alisson working with him, whether that's Akterberg working with him, uh, I don't know, but as in... In those moments, he actually looked like Allison, and I think that's why they don't look like amazing saves. But that's why they are actually amazing saves mm. uh, because uh, it's the most efficient way to save them. Yeah, um, but it wasn't just the saves, um, and he's made thirteen saves in the two finals against Chelsea um, without conceding. Tremendous! It was it was command of his box was good, solid, catching the high balls, and he did a couple of punches as well. But also the sweeping and the distribution, Hamza. It was the complete package. Uh, yeah, I think if you look at the recoveries, uh, <laughs> yes. Yeah, so if you look at the, the the players with the most recoveries, uh, only 
Only their goalkeeper had more. So yeah, yeah, well, the keepers always get the most. But yeah, it, yeah, it's a point. Yeah, but yeah, uh, yeah. It all round game was excellent. His distribution was good too. Like I said uh, early on, he was using the long pass into Diaz quite well. Um, yeah, there are a few moments where the team collectively rode the luck a bit, like when Chelsea hit the post with the Gallagher chance. Uh, but in the big moments, he was there. In the big moments, he claimed. The big moments, he punched. Uh, mm. And a lot of this game, I know it's an intangible, and we don't tend to get into this, but when you see the reaction in extra time from the fans and how that worked, and you go back to the Luton match and when the fans picked up and how the team responded to that and the other way around, I think that that, that played a role here. The way that Kelleher was playing, it gives you a sense of, and with Klopp on the sidelines, sending the kids on it gives you that little sense of yeah this is this is it this is our day and players feed off that and opposition players can often shrink in the face with all the subs Kev was all of a sudden he was a senior pro yeah he was kind of Christ I'm going to be like lead by example here now all the kids are coming on but yeah I mean the thing size right I mean you know we could talk about this Van Dyke or Endo or McAllister whatever statistically no there's no one closer there's no one close to the influence he had on this match result, and it was Kelleher. It was clear, man of the match. Yeah, absolutely brilliant performance. Uh, so well done, Kev. Um, right, um, let's talk about the bad stuff, uh, Chelsea. After the Van Dyke goal, unfortunately, Chelsea do take over, and we are somewhat clinging on for that final whistle. Hamza. Sorry, uh, yes. Uh, yeah, um, yeah, uh, and again, so what, what I just mentioned about that sort of uh, intangible, the momentum, yes. uh, y- you really do get the sense there because the way that the crowd reacted to that goal, the way Van Dijk reacted, the team, uh, they felt that that was their moment and it was taken away from them uh, because of the AR decision. And then from that point, Chelsea really sort of uh, ex- took control of the game. Uh, a number of chances, they counted sat really well uh, and they were, there's signs, a few signs of that earlier in in the second half, uh, as the built and played forwards. But yeah, this is when they began to uh, play quite well. Key to that were Enzo and Palmer. Both of them were getting on the ball a bit more in advanced areas. Uh, Palmer yeah. again finding space between the lines. So as as Gusto would advance, he'd move out uh, and receive the ball, um, and then play and release. So for so let, let's imagine the ball moves on the right wing. Uh, Liverpool sort of. Uh, sitting back a bit. Palmer moves into the, the right half space. Ball comes back to him. The pool push out. And as they push out, he slips a pass to, for example, Caicedo or Enzo. Uh, and immediately runs in behind between the lines. Uh, and then they'd try and find him. Uh, that sort of stuff was causing problems. And I think that something similar to that actually happened with the Caligar chance to hit the post. Because, but rather than him coming inside... Uh, Palmer that is he actually went out wide and then cut in and then played across uh, to Gallagher but yeah uh, Palmer was the key to this he, yeah, he was quite it, slick it, and sharp and they were overloading Robertson weren't they and he was he was really cute with his passes into the box yeah um, there was a big chance for De Sassi, which was like, I, I don't know it maybe just came from too high but he kind of just thighs it they go to the bar yeah, yeah. Which is a laptop. Yeah. I think it was a 0.3 XG chance, but like given the way he actually hit it, 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 it's not that big. But as in, if he actually got on top of it, absolutely a a big chance. Uh, Conor Gallagher missed at least two good chances. Um, Thank God, thank God he's been struggling with his finishing all season. Mm -hmm. But the the one 
you thinking, hang on, this this is really what's going on here? Is it going to, are they, is that 90, 91 minutes, 90 minutes with that almighty scramble in the six yard box, for, in the Liverpool six yard box? Um, yeah. I don't know. Was there four shots involved in that sequence? Two saves? Uh, there's definitely, so uh, the first one is Nkunku's shot, which uh, Kanate blocks, then Palmer gets one, then the ball is fizzed across from Gusto, and then I'm not sure who gets the last touch on it. Is it Nkunku again? Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. I, I think this, well, uh, well this Palmer's, also... Palmer's got Palmer gets one saved. Palmer gets one saved, and I think it comes back out, and I think he finally catches the one from Nkunku. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, the, the, the last one is the weakest of the lot, but yeah, yeah. there's a, a bit of emergency defending from Canate, then the save by Kelleher with his legs, then I think Gomez actually gets in ahead of Gallagher, and then there's a final shot. But uh, yeah, so, sorry, I should have just had a little bit more detail beforehand. Uh, the way that Enzo was getting the ball was important, so he, mm-hmm. he would pick up the ball in deep areas and spread it out wide, uh, and Gallagher was joining the front line to, to, to overload us, so he was the one that would join with uh, Palmer on the right, around Robertson, and then they had Gusto on the outside. Uh, so, uh, yeah, the, the, they were matching up against the defensive line, which was just causing a bit of stress, uh, especially with a sort of lightweight midfield that uh, Liverpool had. Uh, but, yeah, uh, and at this point as well, Bobby Clark had come on for... Um, Connor. Connor yeah. Bradley, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, uh, a, a, big, a big moment for him, as in there's just a lot going on it's quite hard to sort of acclimatise mm. yourself in a big game, let alone the cup final, let alone a cup final where there's a few inexperienced players and players are playing in different positions and the opposition is coming on to you with the last few minutes. So it's quite a difficult circumstance. You can understand why it takes a little bit of time to sort of settle. And because of this, Liverpool, when they had the opportunity to take a breather, uh, often try to just move the ball forward and break uh, and try and hit Diaz rather than yeah. develop sort of sustained possession sequences. Uh, but yeah, that that is to, to a large degree sort of normal. Um, but um, how do you, out of interest that, that, that Chelsea four shot sequence, how do you, how do you, how do you code that? Just, just give us insight into the magic. Me, that, you... that's, I just used, that's what my data I've got in there. So they've actually split that up pretty well. Um, let me just have a quick look at that. So what will you do? Will you just assign the highest value with the four shots? Will you count? Yeah, it's, it's already, the there's a marker already on it in uh, FopMob that tells you what is the highest one. Um, oh, right, okay. Uh, in, in a sequence. It's really, comp- the, the annoying thing of FopMob is, uh, and the reason they use that marker is because they don't use seconds. So they use minutes, whereas Opta use seconds and Understat use seconds. So uh, um, uh, football don't. So it, it's it, that's why they've got a marker in entity, which is the highest one. But so I think the highest one was point. Looking at it, it was point one seven, which is an unconcu one. Which so is that's the highest. Yeah, that's the highest. Yeah. So that that would have been had. It would have been flagged and that. Yeah. Before we go on to the end of the match, but anything, any more highlights from the from the stats packet you want to call out? I think you highlight a lot of it. I think it's just. It's interesting. Amongst all of it, there are there's certain patterns that we like. We still kept a variety enough arsenal, which isn't something you would suggest if we're running out of players. It, it, we get desperate. It's still we kept. It, I do, do the grid in terms of how long our passing changes and what minute the game is. We're still fairly consistent in, in our variety of use. Whereas Chelsea are, are largely long passes, long passes, long passes, or short. There's nothing in between. So mm. you know. So it's it's interesting, even though. 
and this is where a second watch is always important, right? When you're in there, you feel like we, we're giving it away in certain periods. It doesn't really reflect in how we were keeping the ball in, in latter periods or still keeping to the same way we're trying to play. Don't forget, um, we made three changes in 86. I think it's two, three changes. Costas came on, Dan's came on, and Connell mm. came on as well. So all in that period, not only have you had Clark on for, what, five, ten minutes, you've then got um, three other players coming on. So we have four changes in, in the same sort of segment of the game. Uh, which which t- takes a bit of time to get the the systems going, um, and Dan's actually he gets a shot from a press on eighty eight minutes. I would have yeah. thought as well would have gone down if we were collecting it for this game. Yeah, he looked lively, didn't he? He did look lively, yeah, very lively. The um, athletic, um, it was not uh, the neutral correspondent gave him an eight. Dan's for his for his cameo. I suppose he did have a head of shave, didn't he? he yeah, but it just yeah. shows you. That I think more the impact he makes. Yeah. Um, so, so talk to me about the. Uh, the Jürgen's big balls with his teenage substitutions at the end of normal time there. It's weird. I think he was probably left with no choice because there is there really is context. You can't just manage for only for this moment, knowing how many games we've got. At some point, you can't go, right, I'm going to risk... Mac. Mac, right now, is going to break at, at any moment. So uh, we'll just keep leaving him on and leaving him on and leaving him on. So it was, it. not every manager in the world would have done it, but he made different decisions which got us to this state in the first place. So uh, uh, big balls, well done. I don't, There's no criticism. You did it. It was amazing that it worked out the way it did. James McConnell was astonishing when he came up. Hmm. In in extra time, he had more touches than anybody else on the pitch. He gave the ball away three of 42 touches. Yeah. And there was an utter bit of filth that transferred the ball from their our penalty box into their penalty box in the uh, in the middle of extra time um, as a six. I thought he was tremendous. He was, I, I think he was the best player on the pitch in the uh, in extra time. I was going to say, was, was he one of the keys for us? We generally controlled the extra time period. He was the reason we controlled the extra time period. Yeah, he was, yeah, very, very promising. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. 35 touches. That's 12 more than anybody else on the pitch. Yeah. And, and like we said, like we already said, did he, what did you think of Dan's? Uh, I, I don't really know enough about him at all. No, did, well, did, did, he, did, he seem in, oh, did you like him? Did you like his cameo in this match? I liked his header. He's got very nice hair. He has. He has got superb hair. Um, um, but um, we made lots of changes. Chelsea didn't. How much of Chelsea's timid, passive exercise was fatigue and how much of it was tactical and how much of it was, um, as Gary Neville said, bottle, bottling it? <laughs> I, that's a really odd, I don't know. I think if you look at Chelsea's bench... <laughs> Uh, Posh, but I just, I don't know, he's still, it's still not his team, right? It's still not his squad. He had two mm. keeps on the bench. I just, sometimes he, like Sai just said, Klopp didn't really have a lot of chance, a choice. He had to play the kids. Posh might have decided, I don't want any of these guys on there. I'm, I'm happy yeah. with the guys that got on there. There was only one sub difference. Yeah. He, 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 he only made one sub in the first 90 minutes. Yeah. Yeah, but that's because he, he might be largely happy with those players. Like, this yeah. is, like, what if Chelsea. I, the reverse thing, context, right? So, size so right. There's a point at which he would have gone with Matt for the following games. Yeah, Chelsea are, are going nowhere in the league. They're 11th in the league. This is that. That was their day. 
that this is their moment. So he's going to try and just go, right, I'm going to, he's a different manager. He's mm-hmm. going to try and keep his best players out on the pitch for as long as possible because he thought, and also the last 15 minutes, they were on top. Yeah. But he, so, also, he also, we only brought, we only took off um, Conor Bradley out of choice before, yeah. like the, we, we made, we made our three subs at the 87th minute. Yeah. That is actually the 93rd minute of the game. Yeah. Okay. Um, so do you think it was tactical then, just purely tactical, or do you think it was just our boys um, raising the, you know? I think I, raising g- it. Generally, gen- generally, everybody was pretty astonished that Chelsea didn't go on from wet, the, from the full-time position and dominate the extra time period and said they were pretty passive. Yeah, I, I agree with you on that. I mean, as you know, I watched this game at the Chelsea, well, Chelsea, mate, Chelsea mate, and he was astonished uh, Gallagher got taken off. He really was. He was like, what the hell was that about? Um, he didn't understand why the uh, two wide players came on didn't come on earlier because he felt they were more uh, more dangerous, should we say. So, yeah, there were certain decisions that confused some of the Chelsea faithful. And, and he said exactly what he just said. They just sat off in, in extra time. Uh, yeah. But Poch in his post, post-match presser, Suggested that was a player's decision because they wanted to go for penalties. So I don't know whether that's a tactical or the players weren't doing what he wanted to do. But Poch well, definitely said it was the players who decided. That sounds suspiciously penalty. like ass covering to me. Yes, <laughs> indeed, indeed. But yeah. again, why would you? I mean, this is different to managers, right? Klopp wouldn't have done. I don't think Klopp would have done that. He'd have gone for the win. He did go for the win. Yeah, Poch, having had the best fifteen minutes of the game, arguably decides whether or not he did or not, whatever it is, that they were going to sit off for half an hour and play for days. Yeah. But did did he decide that or or is that just is that just the psychology of his team? Because maybe, maybe. maybe he just went maybe he just went, we're we're winning this now because at 90, <laughs> they've been battering us for 10 minutes. It was their best 10 minutes of the whole game. And yeah, maybe it's it's nice to go in hindsight. One one's a manager's fault, and one's a, like, like the managers caused these two things. Yeah. We had a lot of luck. We we, we did we did we, we were did intense, and the intensity of our youngsters maybe helped us a little bit. But we scored from a set piece uh, and without any other open open play chances, um, and they should have ripped us because they got some really big open play chances. And we won because they're Chelsea and we always screw Chelsea. <laughs> I Just I, think um, as well for a second, I, imagine if you're a Chelsea player and the opposition have taken off their best penalty taker, McAllister. Yes. They haven't got Gakpo on. They haven't got uh, Canate on. They're, they're only sort of senior players left are Van Dijk and Endo because Robertson's off as well. So you're looking at that team and you go, do I fancy, uh, do I fancy myself? With Fernandez, with uh, with uh, they have a lot of shit Palmer. players as well. We, 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 yeah, but do you, and, and Kunku, do you fancy yourself in a penalty shootout with mm. a bit more experience than than those young players? Because there's a number of players that, as a Chelsea player, you may not have actually heard of before. The answer just inevitably, yeah. right? And you go, yeah, if we go to penalties, I completely I back ourselves, not just because I back myself normally, but because I think we've actually got a, an advantage here because of who we're playing against. I think that, that just as a player, that, that may sort of... It's a really interesting that, angle. It's a really that's not bad, but is that not what, also what I said about buying the right characters? So we've got characters go, I back myself yeah. to beat you in the game. Uh, yeah. well, I'm there's, there is, uh, if you look across history in a lot of competitions, there is... Uh, 
Gary Neville didn't, he, he was talking about this narrative without ever talking about this thing, that naivety brings confidence in a lot of cases. So not even just confidence, absolute self-assurity. If you've got the right kind of kid that they aren't fearful of missing because they know they're going to score because they've always been the best in the world at their thing. Everything's gone their way. If you're a 19-year-old that plays for Liverpool, that plays for Chelsea, everything's gone your way in football your whole life. They haven't been in football enough to start failing yet. And and so we talk about, oh, experience is the thing that, that wins you penalty shootouts. It's just not true. There's, there's um, I don't, I don't remember what it was. There was some publication that did a um, that looked back on on the age of um, successful penalty takers across World Cups and younger wins. Interesting. Just makes sense. But if you if it just <clears throat> to finish this because we've talked way too long about these managers, um, the the Chelsea sub bench, absolute garbage. Potch would have looked down at his bench and gone, "We spent a billion quid." we've got no players yeah yeah fair place Uh, anyway they are the first English team to lose six consecutive cup finals huzzah um but yeah, this 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 match though did make me want to go and rewatch the Disney classic uh, Miracle on Ice about the United States ice hockey team, nineteen eighty, team of basically ragtag college kids who beat the Soviet Union in a in, in I think it was four three. But a tremendous Disney film actually, just a bit of a American fun. But yeah, this 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 did remind me of this is the closest I think we'll ever see in a Liverpool context to, to that. The, the miracle on ice. But let's talk about that winning goal, um, Hamza. Um, talk about how we did it. A brilliant ball in from Costas, but it's the machinations of that blocking and, yeah, the checking, yeah, in the six-yard box. Uh, yeah, it is. Uh, to, to be honest, I, I was so sort of... Um, uh, <laughs> taken by him. I didn't even bet I, I was more sort of concerned with the actual um the celebrations. I, I, well we're not gonna talk about Costa's celebration. We're not gonna talk about that. I, I I don't sort of take notes because I was so sort of taken by the by, by yes, the goal. But yes that's definitely got an eighteen certificate. We're not even gonna talk just about just that. Just to jump ha- Hamza here, um if you're gonna look for the blocking that happened in this, it didn't that they 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 I, th- I presume it was their substitutions that caused them a problem. You think Desarty just lost Van Dijk? We went three on. No, there, there were three players, okay. and they only had two markers. He at no point was he even marking him. That they, they okay. were trying to align with three players, uh, and Virgil ran around the front. Desarty was already on the back of the two, and he was the one that was that. I don't even know if he was marking him or if he if he was. Um, he just saw him move, so tried to sprint to catch him up because nobody was marking him. It was yeah. it was surreal. Nobody is marking Virgil Van Dijk after what he'd done to them in this game. It's yeah. made all the more surreal because there are only five Liverpool <clears throat> players in their box, and the entirety of the Chelsea team is is in their box. Yeah, they've gone zone, zone, zone. Two blo- two marker blockers, and neither of them got anywhere near Van Dijk. And Van Dyke just starts the, at the back of the pack and really simple. As in, sometimes there's, there's a lot of sort of complicated things that go on. But this one, he just runs straight. In swinger. Yep. Yeah, the in swinger is interesting because, like I said, uh, generally um, uh, Liverpool prefer to take out swingers. 
Uh, and I'm just going to get the the breakdown because I checked this earlier yesterday. Um, in terms of in swingers this season, Liverpool have taken uh, 58 in swingers in the league and 104 out swingers. Mm. On a sort of straight corner. Uh, but yeah, uh, this was one of those occasions where they changed it up. Um, and yeah, a good angle. Uh, and he beats Mudrix to the ball as well. So yeah, uh, that, that's that's a definition of a non-contest. Yeah, uh, and uh, yeah, Disasi trying to come in, but there's you, you could. Was he outside the? Fr- he was outside the frame of the goal, wasn't he? When he made his head, when he got the head on it, right? Uh, actually, there's a view behind the goal, and I'll be able to tell you. Uh, the answer is yes. Yeah. yeah. So he scores from outside the frame of the goal with a header across mm-hmm. the keeper. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. That's what it's for. Right, Helen. What a moment. What a moment. What a moment. What a moment. And you the celebrations were pretty Thiago good. If Silva was playing, though, he'd, he'd probably tell someone, or he might just pick up Van Dyke himself. Well, you know, he'd probably say, yeah, anyway, it's all politics at Chelsea. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. Not our problem. So. Who cares? Yeah. Who cares about them? Yes. <laughs> Um, anything, anything more, Bart? Anything from you on the on the on the on the on the winning goal? I, was, I just thought it was phenomenal. It was a great way to finish the game. Um, just a good timing. As well. I mean, we always, there's, there's always a good time to score a goal, but two minutes yeah. to go, a good, good move. Uh, I just once again, I, I, I captain goes against goal. I just think. It's, and, it, and, 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 and for all the great defending and, and all the, the the brilliant clean sheets and all that, he's now got his moment. In terms yeah. of, a, a, you know, this will always be his game and his moment in that way. He was surrounded by the kids, and he was the the, the leader who who scored the winning goal. It's just a, a not a bad week. Story. No. Not a bad week. You know, he's no. done done it for a loot, and he's got us the, the go the draw yeah. goal, and then he's got the winning goal. I just think, that's, yeah, he's got his week. Yeah, brilliant stuff. Right, we will be back for another double header. We'll be back for Southampton and Nottingham Forest, and it'll probably be next Monday. But until then, up the fucking Reds. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds, and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.